0: What's happening friends? Welcome back to the Bankrupt Pippo YouTube channel. I'm Bryce and this is another episode of Handmaid's Tale Talk. Spoilers ahead for those of you who have not seen Season 4, Episode 6, titled Vows of the Handmaid's Tale. Feel free to go watch the episode and then come back to this video. Otherwise, if you don't care about spoilers, welcome to the party. Like I said, my name is Bryce and I'm super happy and honored that you're here. So... This was a shorter episode. This was, I think, the shortest episode of the series. It was about 40 minutes long. And despite it being one of the shortest episodes, I think, in in the history of The Handmaid's Tale, it was probably one of my favorite. This episode did something where they gave us a lot less, but at the same token, gave us a lot more. Like, I felt a lot more of an emotional weight with this episode than I have in previous episodes. And in this one... They pretty much tell two different stories again, and that's kind of been the theme of this uh, season so far, right? Is we kind of follow two different, two or three different stories in one episode, and in this we actually only follow two, and you could maybe even make the argument one. I say two because of the fact that one, we follow June and the aftermath of the bombings in Chicago, but we also get a lot of flashbacks of June's past and when she was... We get a lot of flashbacks to her past of her leading up to marrying Luke. The conversations she had with Moira, the conversations she had with Luke, and all that other good stuff. So I think for this episode, we're going to talk about each of those timelines. We'll probably interweave them throughout, but let's just kind of go into it. I'll start off with the more interesting of the two this time around, because I think it makes more sense, which is just going to be the aftermath of the bombings in Chicago with Moira finding June. So if you guys don't remember, at the end of episode 5, The bombings happen June's looking for Janine and then she runs into anybody but Moira she runs into Moira and they just all of us are collectively just losing our minds because this is the first time and I think three seasons that June and Moira have been together since Moira escaped Gilead on that train and The reunion wasn't quite what I expected to be. So at first, June is kind of confused, right? Because she's still running around looking for Janine. She's so concerned with Janine that she doesn't even really know it's Moira up until like five, ten or more minutes into the episode, which is pretty consistent with who June is as a character. She is worried. She's proven, again, and I feel bad because I keep harping on this in every episode of this series, is that... (laughs) She just, she puts everybody else before her, no matter what, and it's really admirable, and in this is the case, she's so worried about Janine, she doesn't even notice her best friend standing right in front of her face after years of being separated, so she's looking for Janine, Moyer's gonna gotta talk her down, get her some help, and then they're riding in this truck on the way to the relief camp, because, recall... In the last episode, Gilead coordinated a bombing, and then right after that, they would allow relief teams to come in and help clean up the mess, and that's essentially what's happening here. So on their way back to the relief camp, and June finally notices it's Moira, and the first thing she says, I'm paraphrasing, of course, because I can't remember the quote exactly, she's like, you're crazy, what are you doing here, it's too dangerous, and it's like, of course she's worried about Moira's safety after she just literally had bombs and buildings thrown on top of her but. It, it it was a very interesting union. The one gripe I had with that moment where she finally snaps out of it and recognizes is is that it's Moira is the execution. In the show was a little odd in that case. I didn't quite fully buy it while I was watching it. The more I talk about it, the more I'm like, OK, like I, I felt the emotion there. But like the fact that they're trying to play it off, like. Actually, no, I'll take that back. Yeah, the fact that, that it makes sense that she didn't even recognize where, because like I said, she was so enthused with just finding Janine and caring for somebody else that she forgot even who her best friend was for a few minutes, so I take that back. The show executed it just fine. Um, kind of moving forward, though, so now we, we fast forward to the camp where June is going to go get medical attention, be with Moira, and... Moira informs her current girlfriend her name is Una, played by... I want to make sure I get the actress's name right, because she crushes it in this episode. Uh, Let's see here. Bear with me, guys. One second. The light is blinding me, and I can't find her name. Uh, Ah, there it is. Zawi Ashton. Zawi Ashton. She plays Una, which is Moira's current girlfriend in this um, season. So, she finds Una and she tells her, hey, I found June, and Una's like, oh, that's great, but we can't take her with us, and the she she throws out a reason that really puts the whole situation into perspective, reminds us as the audience, hey, there's more to the world of Gilead and the world that Gilead occupies than just June, Moira, and their little microcosm of this world, and she says, if 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 we if Gilead finds out we've smuggled June out of here, there won't be any more relief missions. We can't ever come back to these contested fronts and provide aid, help, food, medication, medical attention, supplies, whatever, you name it. So it's like they're reminding us, and I think this show is good on the show for doing this, reminding us that, hey, there's a lot more at stake here than just June's life, Moira's life, their lives, Luke's life, even Hannah and uh, Nicole's life, whoever even just more so than the story that we're being told in this series. And like I said, really puts it into perspective because it reminds us, hey, there's a larger world to be considered here. And that's just, it it really, it shows us what's going on. So Moira basically effectively agrees with Una, but then she's like, screw that, I'm sneaking June out of here. So she grabs June. They hide between these two shipping containers and I think it, it it makes for a really interesting conversation because Moira tells June, when I when I tell you, run to the boat and just hide in the boat because that's the boat that they're all going to take back to Canada because the relief mission is going to come to an abrupt end. The reason being is Una tells Moira in the process, hey, we got to get the hell out of this camp because there's rumors that the bombings is going to start again and it makes sense, right? Because if you remember in the last episode, they said that They're going to do a 24-hour window for the ceasefire. That 24 hours might be uh, cut short because Gilead is merciless. So the relief team is like, we got to get out of here. Plus, there's an angry mob surrounding this camp, which is quite daunting to look at. And it really, (laughs) oh, excuse me. I really like how the show kind of puts us right in the face of all the hardship that people are going through, because I think that's a lot of what we've been missing throughout the series. So that was nice, too. Sorry, I'm getting a little sidetracked here, but anyway, so they gotta get out of there because the bombings might start again soon, and they're being overwhelmed by an angry mob. So Moira is pleading with June, please get on the boat so we can help you, and June's like, I have to find Janine, I have to find Hannah, I am not leaving without them, and Moira kind of just puts it to her straight and says, you know, Janine's probably dead, like, she's with all those bombings that happened, if you guys haven't seen the episode 5, which I'd imagine you have if you're watching this, but... That's probably a likelihood that us as the audiences come to accept too, myself included. The my one gripe with this episode is they don't explicitly say whether or not June or Janine died in the bombings. My theory is that possibly the actress who plays Janine, I can't remember her name at this point, which I feel bad about, but I'm I'm willing to bet that the actress who plays Janine might be working on other projects, and this is the show's way of subtly writing her out for now until she's done with her other projects and can come back to The Handmaid's Tale. I want to be clear, that's just a theory, that's a tactic I've heard of shows doing in the past and combining it with really good writing, but so I I guess we'll have to stay tuned. That's the one big question I had for this episode that I think was not answered concretely because Moira says she's Probably dead. She doesn't say she's dead. And the show doesn't explicitly tell us if Janine, in fact, died in the bombing. So I think we'll see Janine again. I just don't know when and I don't know how. So we'll have to keep our eyes open for that. But so Moira addresses the Janine part of that equation. And then uh, Moira addresses the Hannah part of the equation, which she just kind of tells June, everybody who you love is now in Canada. All the people who can help you are in Canada. It's not going to do you any good since she, because june points out she doesn't really know where hannah is at this point that moira's like it, it will you will be much better served if you came back to canada and let the people of canada help you and the loved ones that you have there help you including your daughter nicole nicole is there she's growing up she moira's just throwing out haymakers all these really good points and june finally agrees to get on the boat so they get on the boat and then we get our first moral dilemma of the episode one of many which is they're they're on the boat, and Moira just thinks that's the end of it. She's gotten June out of Gilead. They're gonna go to Canada, and everything will be fine and dandy. Well, she's talking to Una, and Una's like, "Oh yeah, we have to go through a port check both on our way back to Canada." And then Moira's like, "Port check? There's there, there's a port check," and it, so she has to fess up to Una. Hey, I've I smuggled June on the boat, and then they have to decide what to do next. And this, I think, was one of my favorite scenes that this is my second favorite scene of the entire episode and probably one of my favorite scenes of the entire series is seeing this crew led by una like deliberate on what to do about the fact that they have smuggled june on board well they didn't smuggle june on board moira uh, smuggled june on board and una relayed to us as the audience and moira at the same time that the implications of that are they can't provide any more relief to these contested fronts which a lot of people's lives are at stake, so there's a lot riding on this, so they have to decide, A, do we just, at the port check, turn June in, and then hopefully Gilead will just forgive us and we can come back for more relief missions, or we can try to smuggle her through and if they catch us, then we're screwed, and if they don't catch us, well then we're lucky and we get off scot-free, and the crew, Una does this thing, and she really cements herself as the leader of this group, and you really buy into it as the audience where She's like, okay, let's talk about this. The first person talks, one of the crew members, I believe it's a it's a physician. He starts talking and then he's like, I think we should turn her in. And obviously is ready to just interject right away and react. And then Una's like, no, 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 let him finish. And it's just that really small subtlety of interjecting as a leader and allowing each of your, each of the members of the group that you're leading to say their piece fully and concretely without interruption and to me it was just such an effective leadership and subtle tactical i'm like wow i'm really buying into una as a leader because then she's also along the way telling to to us about the larger implications of what moira is doing and what june is doing and it was also a nice reminder because they kind of do the same thing in the last episode with that um marauder group that june and janine were with where the leader of it what was his name why am i forgetting his name already steven Where Steven is like there are larger implications at play not just this one moment and it's kind of still reminding us again that Moira and June are still living in this small little microcosm of their world when there is still bigger things going on and it was just it was so effective it was so well done and just seeing the crew deliberate on this was like wow that it it was I thought the show just crushed it in that and. Like I said, I want to I want to shout out Zowie Ashton, who plays Una in this episode, because I thought she gave an incredible performance, and like I said, she really did a good job of selling the fact that Una is the leader of this group, and Una as a character has to lead this group successfully and live with the consequences of the actions that the group makes, and she tells us that throughout the episode, and it she just did a great job portraying Una, and I, I really appreciated her performance. So, Anyways, what this ends up leading to is June interjects in the middle of all this bickering about what they're going to decide to do, and she says, just turn me in. There's a lot more at stake than just me in this case. And, again, that's just consistent with June's character because June puts everybody else, everybody else's needs above her own. So, consistent with the show, no problem with it at all. Well then, push comes to shove, they're approaching the port check, the three boats, the three Gilead boats are coming to check their boat, and Moira finally goes up to Una one more time and says, Please, like, please save June. Please save my friend. Cause if they take her, she's sent to certain death. And Una changes her mind at the very last second, has the crew make her up a fake ID, gets her some, a vest to kind of blend in a little bit. And their, their Campbell paid off. They got June past the port check and they're on their merry way. So, wow. I, it was, it was such a heart pounding moment seeing the guards questioned june and because she had to operate under a fake id name the name they chose for her was rachel smith which anytime you've got the last name smith it's like it's like the perfect it's like the blanket last name that you use for fake names or at least that i've seen in tv shows movies even in like commercials where they've got like the fake credit cards smith is always the last name for whatever reason but it was a very heart-pounding moment and i'm glad that the gamble paid off but it was really it was really interesting to see Una as a character with her being such a strong leader, at least what we think she is as a strong leader, is the fact that her personal relationship with Moira, because they are they are in a relationship together, at least that's what the show tells us, and it, it's like she just caved due to the personal relationship, but then again, as a leader, it's just, it's like worlds collide. Her personal life and her professional life collide, and it was just really fascinating to see that dynamic kind of play out and even when they got june past the checkpoint she was like there are decisions and people have had to leave behind i'm talking about una in this case where i have trouble sleeping at night because i've had to make these decisions as a leader and basically tells moira you're not the only person who's had to leave people behind or have things at stake so again showing us the 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 consequences of leadership i guess the hardship of leadership how paying um what do you call it? The payoff from the decisions you make as a leader can be very long lasting and it just makes adjustments. And again, it just shows the strategy that goes into being a leader of any group, really. And the long term implications about how you have to think about the wider cause. So sorry, I'm getting off on a little side tangent there. But I, I again, I just thought the show did that dynamic very, very well with Una overall as a leader. So but anyways, we get onto the boat. They finally got in June out and they're just a f- they're about 10 hours away from Canada and moira can't find june on the boat and she finds june just a few minutes later trying to get on a lifeboat and try to paddle her way back to chicago back to the mainland and moira tells june june you cannot do this after all we've we've done we've gotten you out and now you want to get onto a boat where you're going to freeze to death where you're going to not make it back to the mainland you'll die either on the boat or you're going to die in gilead so you just can't do this, and if you are going to do this, I'm just going with you, and right when she says, I'm going with you, June is like, no, no, you can't go with me, and again, I am I'm I apologize, I sound like a broken record, I'm going to say it 100 more times, but June's showing again how she's putting others' needs above her own. If she, she, if she was going to make the choice to try to paddle her way back to Gilead and Moira was going to put herself in danger because of it, she wouldn't do it, and I don't blame June because, one, consistent with her character she puts everybody's needs above her own and two i don't know if june can really grapple with more blood on her hands because if janine is dead then that's another person who whose life was caused by that alma and the other handmaids who have died all the people who've helped her who have died it's like she one person can only handle that much mental strain so that's the second part of that equation but also we get that we get my favorite scene of the episode like i said i had two favorite scenes This, this gets to my favorite scene of the episode where june and moira have a very candid conversation and it it surrounds hannah and june has just been hellbent the overarching theme of this series really is june has been desperately trying to get hannah out of gilead she does not want to leave hannah behind and she tells moira the story about how she went and saw hannah how Hannah was scared of her, Hannah didn't, I believe she even used the phrase Hannah didn't recognize her, like Hannah did not recognize June as her mother, which, holy shit, like uh, that was, that was a very tough pill to swallow even as an audience member, but for June as a character, like I, I didn't quite grasp that's what was happening a couple episodes back, was that Hannah just straight up didn't recognize her, I thought Hannah did recognize her and was just afraid of her because she's been brainwashed, but if Hannah just didn't recognize June as her mother in general. It really makes you wonder, it's like, how far gone is Hannah's mind because she's been in Gilead for so long? So it's like, how much of Luke and, and June does she remember? If she doesn't remember June at all, how much is she going to remember of Luke? So it's still, my questions still remain about what will happen with Hannah in the future and what the show will do with that. My theory is that there's a possibility and a likelihood that June and Luke will, and hopefully other members of the Canadian government will try to find a way to get Hannah out of Gilead, but who knows? Because, I mean, their parents who obviously love Hannah very much, they're doing everything they can to get her out, but it's like, wow, that was just, it was a very tough moment, and Moira's, like, Moira's just trying to console June and say, hey, one thing June says in this conversation is the fact that everything that's happened to Hannah is my fault, like, the guilt is just weighing on June, like, everything bad that's happened to Hannah is my fault and moira says that's just gilead brainwashing you like there's nothing you could have done like they they just the things they have done have just are unforgivable and there's they're just out of your control it's like there's nothing you could do about it and one thing that june mentions is that i don't know if i could face luke without hannah i don't think luke will ever forgive me if i don't have hannah there and moira's like moira's like He will forgive you. Like, let's just go and find out yourself. Why, 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 if if you go back to Gilead on this lifeboat and get yourself killed, Luke will never get to see you or Hannah again. So why don't you find out and let Luke decide for himself what, what he's going to think about everything. And of course, June agrees and they decide to continue on their journey. So really, really interesting stuff. And this is kind of where we get a little in between moment between Hannah or I'm sorry, june and moira having that conversation and june being reunited with luke is we get a few flashback scenes where we get into june's past leading up to her and luke's marriage and then eventually them getting pregnant so in this particular case between that conversation and when luke and june reunite they june has a conversation with luke along the lines of you know what if what if our marriage doesn't work out? Like, what if I disappoint you like your last wife did? What if I can't get pregnant? What if we can't have kids? Because kids to you are everything, Luke. And the, the show is kind of demonstrating to us like, Luke really wanted to have kids really, really badly. And his last marriage didn't work with his wife because they, they couldn't. I don't know if they couldn't have kids, if they just didn't have kids. But, and June's just really, really worried about and reflecting on that particular moment. And Luke kind of says, no matter who you are or what you become, I'll love you whoever it doesn't matter like as long as it's you that that's the only thing i care about and it's it just it's just interesting seeing june kind of cope with trying to psych herself up i guess to see luke what's what to say to him and she just she she loves luke she doesn't want to disappoint him in any way and he just kind of says that's nonsense you'd never disappoint me so Really fascinating stuff with the flashbacks. I'm sorry if it seems a little bit of a footnote, because to me it really was in this episode. Um, There's even another flashback in this episode that June has with Moira that's even earlier, where Moira kind of tells June, are you sure this marriage is right for you? Because Luke left his last wife, he cheated on her with you, what if he does the same thing to you? And I think it's just showing the depth of the friendship between Moira and June kind of showing us, reminding us as the audience, like, hey, June and Moira are best friends. Don't forget that, and it still remains. So I think that's why these flashbacks are are there in this episode is because, one, to remind us of the relationships that June had in the past and how it's kind of foreshadowing what's to come in the future because June is going to be reunited with Moira and Luke. So we have to kind of be reminded, well, it's been a while since you guys have seen these two or see those three Together in an episode. So now we've kind of got to reintroduce, reacclimate you to that life. And at the same token, reacclimating June to that life because she's about to be free uh, once more again. So I think that's what the purpose of those flashbacks were to just remind us as the audience as to June's relationship with Moira and Luke and that triangle, too. So really fascinating stuff. I enjoyed it. It showed a lot of happiness into the episode, especially since, like I said, this has been more of a somber. Uh, season so far so this was really positive notes but um really really interesting overall and then the last flashback scene was the fact that um when June got to tell Luke that they were in fact pregnant with Hannah and they were going to have a baby and how excited they all were and like I said it's just June kind of reminiscing on that moment and everything coming full circle so enough about the flashbacks now we get to luke and june being together once again and luke just immediately runs on about where is she where is she and june is just so worried about what luke is gonna say how luke is gonna feel if he doesn't if she doesn't have hannah there with him because she doesn't want to disappoint him and they just like luke just stands there and just stares at her and just you could tell the tears are just well and they're coming and june is like i'm so sorry i don't have hannah there with me i tried everything i could and then luke says don't 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 i'm just glad you're here and they kind of embrace they hug and they're they walking off the boat to now June's going to be a free person, and then June just kind of stops at the end of this ladder, and she just kind of looks around. We get this moment where the camera's just kind of panning into June's eyes, and just kind of lets us lets us as the audience just marinate in the moment that this is the second time we have ever seen June live in a world where she was completely free. The first time was when the very first episode the whole series premiere and when Luke and June and Hannah were running away from the eyes that were trying to kidnap them that was the last time they are in a world that was free to an extent but now like June is truly free and just lets us as the audience kind of bask in that moment and it's like wow there's hope here and I'm really curious to see what will happen next so that's where the episode ends that kind of does it for the whole episode like I said this was a shorter episode not really a, a a little happened in the plot but a lot more reflection a lot more interesting conversations happened overall than plot points so i this was one of my favorite episodes the highlights were the fact that seeing una kind of have these conversations as a leader showing us what the price that leaders pay june included and also looking into june's past and how she's kind of coping mentally with not being able to save hannah yet like i said i i don't know if they will ultimately by the end of the series or if everything's just too far gone so really really interested to see how that's gonna play out but overall ladies and gentlemen i really like this episode this is one of my favorite of the season despite being shorter some questions that i have leading into episode seven include the fact that what happened to janine it's still something that the episode didn't address and i think that they should have to at least an extent more. If my theory is correct and the actress who plays Janine is just off doing other projects and is going to come back later, then it makes sense why they're kind of leaving us in the dark on that, but it'll make for a really interesting return later on if Janine does return and she still is alive in this world because they make it ambiguous, so I guess we'll have to stay tuned to find out. The second question is, and if I can see my laptop, what will happen to Hannah? Because I know Moira tells June, like, hey, the people, everyone who loves you in, in Canada will help you find In What's Left of America, she says will help you find Hannah, and it makes me really interested to see what will happen, because one, will the government actually help, and two, if they did find Hannah and they were to get her out of Gilead, would Hannah remember them, like, at all? Would she love them? Would she still love them like her parents? Things along those lines, so I, that that's just, I think that's going to be the big overarching question that's going to be answered throughout the rest of season four and the rest of season five, because that'll be coming eventually, too, so I think that's going to be an overarching plotline that we won't figure out till later on but really fascinating to listen to and think about as well. And also the I want to see how June is really going to cope with the aftermath of escaping Gilead in Chicago in this case and finally being a free person. Like we've seen with Moira and Rita before her seeing people escape from Gilead has some lasting effects like they have to adjust to a certain extent and June I would argue has probably been through a lot more mental strain than the rest of the characters who've escaped Gilead before so I'm curious to see how she's going to cope with that mentally in the next episodes to follow because one she still misses loves Hannah that's her daughter right and she has to cope with the fact that she wasn't able to save her she did everything she could and just she couldn't she couldn't get her out and it's uh, we can already see it in this episode it's already tearing her apart and she didn't even get to Canada yet um and to just see like adjusting to life to doing what you can want after not what doing what you can want for so long and always being under constant stress and trying to run away and just survive and now she doesn't have to worry about just surviving anymore she can thrive so adjusting to that kind of life it'll be really interesting to see her uh do that as well so Ladies and gentlemen, that's actually all my thoughts for Season 4, Episode 6, titled Vows for The Handmaid's Tale. What did you guys think of the episode? Was it your favorite episode? Was it your least favorite episode? Whatever you think, feel free to jump down in the comments below and let me know whatever your thoughts are. So, ladies and gentlemen, that'll do it for this episode of The Handmaid's Tale Talk. I've been Bryce, this is the Macro Pippo YouTube channel, and if you like what you're hearing and seeing, feel free to like, comment, or subscribe, or do whatever it is you do to support your podcast and YouTube channels. So, until the next time, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining me